If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in Warriors Huddle with me, Bram. With me, per usual, my boy and producer, Marcus. What's up, Dev Nation? And our master of all things sound, Maxime. How's it going? Gentlemen, I am excited to announce rejoining us after hell of long, the Golden State B-Rider for the San Francisco Chronicle, a foremost Warriors authority who covers every single practice, press conference, shoot around and game, and a good friend who we've literally pulled out of vacation for the sole purpose of this podcast, Mr. Connor Letourneau. What's going on, Connor? Hey man, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, you know, you're the you're the only podcast that I would take a break from vacation to go on. That's how much I care about you. I mean, I love you enough to say I don't believe that at all. I feel like if Bill Simmons called, you would go on there instantaneously. But I do want you to know I appreciated you showing up so much. I added that foremost Warriors authority thing to your intro. How'd it go for you? Did like were you fired up when you heard it or not really? Just no, I. I <laughs> I definitely noticed that, and I hope all my competing beat writers heard that because, you know, I'm not going to say that, but it feels good to hear it. (laughs) Yeah, I got your back. I have got your back. Uh, Gentlemen, we have a warrior-centric segment that Connor is just perfect for that we're going to be spending most of our time on today. But I do have one quick bubble-related topic that I want to fire off, um, and then we'll move over to the warrior. So a couple weeks back. The NBA revealed that during the playoffs, during this bubble, they weren't going to require their players to actually have their last names on the back of their jersey. And instead, they were going to let those players say anything they want. Um, I would imagine it was an effort to make sure that even though they're playing, they can still be really active in the Black Lives Matter movement. But a couple weeks ago, they, they truncated that a little bit. Now news has come out that although the players still don't have to have their names on the back and they can still have phrases, those phrases are limited to 29 pre-approved phrases that the NBA put out there. Things like Black Lives Matter, uh, things like say their names, vote, I can't breathe, justice, peace, equality. There's a few powerful statements, but these guys no longer have carte blanche. So my question to you is, one, when you first heard about this, were you impressed? Did you like the idea? And two, now that they've kind of cut it back, how do you feel about it? Um, and Connor, let me shoot it over to you first. Call me old school, but I'm of the mind that they should try to make this as authentic as as normal, that they exactly. should try to make this as much of a real playoff as, as every other year. I know there's going to be obvious changes. Obviously, it's in Disney World. It's not going to be in front of fans. They can't control that. But what they can control is, are things such as the jerseys and, uh, you know, other aspects of the experience. And I, I think that once you get into this this uh, avenue where you're messing with what's going on on the back of a jersey, you're starting to get gimmicky. You're starting to uh, take away, I think, from just the overall appeal of the event. Um, and it, it's starting to get a little bit like minor league baseball. And, you know, a lot of people are going to say – at the end of the day, that that, that this, these playoffs deserve an asterisk anyway. Um, 
and this this event in general deserves an asterisk at the end of the day. But um, I think that they need to be doing whatever they can to make it feel real. And so I'm not a fan of changing it at all. Um, you know, and as far as, you know, having Black Lives Matter and all these things, like I, you know, I appreciate the sentiment and I, I, I understand why they're doing it. But I'm kind of old school in the sense that I just think let's keep the names in the back of the jerseys. Like, I don't see the need to change that. If you want to honor that movement, there's plenty of other ways to do it. Oh, I forgot to add to your intro that you're also the foremost authority on keeping names old school. So it makes sense that you're coming that way. Um, I, if this was any other time, if if we were in a different political time or a different place in history, I would not only agree with you, I would say this has XFL written all over it. You know, this is he hate me, but it's a different time, right? And because of that, when they first announced this, I actually loved the idea. And let me give you a stupid, petty reason why. You guys know how neurotic I am, how crazy I am. One of those things is I love watching my opponents be hurt. I like watching them be sad, be upset, right? And right now, the biggest opponent in my life is Trump. He has destroyed everything. If they had allowed each one of those players to say whatever the hell they want, or more specifically, had a series of messages designed to get Trump out of office, do you know how upset that would have made him? There's a chance they would have sent like the National Guard to Orlando to prevent the games from being played. So I loved the concept of it, but now that they've kind of hedged it, I'm not as excited for it. Um, MT, be our deciding vote here. Yeah, I was. It, it was interesting. Like when I first heard it, it reminded me of what um, English Premier League did. Like when their first few games back, they had Black Lives Matter as the last name for everybody, um, and I thought that was impactful in a way. Um, but I kind of lean towards where Connor is. Like I think the it can feel like a gimmick too quickly, and it puts a weird pressure on people. Like I could see players who. You know, like them having to choose what they would put on there versus their last name is a weird pressure at that point, too. Like if you don't choose something different than your last name, then, you know, are you with us? So that's kind of weird. But um, I think at the end of the day, I wish they would have done something different, like um, more than just like a patch like they do to honor somebody who's like passed away, you know, unfortunately, or, you know, like a movement. But I, I think the... Like for the all-star game, they made, you know, all jerseys black and white, you know, like you can keep the same logos and the names. But if you're playing with a different set of jerseys, um, you know, like maybe that can do it and you can still keep the logos the same. So I think the the spirit and the idea and concept behind it was right. But the execution is a little lacking. But both. So this is to both of you guys, both Connor and Marcus and Maxime. I would like your take, too. Um, so we don't know what the message is going to be, but for the purposes of this argument, let's assume that it is a phenomenal message. Let's, let's say they have some ability to come up with something that rallies votes everywhere and that gets a BLM message across. If they did that, wouldn't this be a phenomenal idea? I, I think that, that, that that's going to probably be accomplished regardless of whether or not they decided to, uh, let guys decide what's on the back of their jerseys. Um, because, you know, one thing that's great about the NBA is that there's a lot of player empowerment. You know, the, the NBA has been great about, hey, if, if your friend died in a car accident yesterday, you can go and write his, his name on your shoes and, and, and put his name on your, your, you know, shoulder 
pad and whatever, what have you, you know, you can, uh, you can honor him in whatever way you want. Um, and I think there would be a lot of players who would take that initiative um, in different ways. And I think, you know, the NBA would probably, and they probably are going to let players have BLM warmups and things like that. And we've, we've seen that in the past when these issues have arisen. Um, I just, I don't, I think once you start changing players' names, it reminds me of like, like I said earlier, like minor league baseball. Um, it reminds me of like going to a single A baseball game and you got the crazy mascot and it's just, it, it's a slippery slope to me. Um, but uh, I think that obviously what's going on in the world is going to be a major theme throughout the, this bubble as it should be. And I think it's going to be a major talking point for the announcers and the coaches and the players. And so I, I don't think that's going to, that would change regardless of what was going on the back of the jersey. I'm getting distracted only because don't you love minor league baseball? Like that's the second time you've kept you've shit house minor league baseball, but I feel like it's like your second favorite sport. No, I don't. I'm not. I'm not housing minor league baseball. I love minor league baseball. I went to like eight minor league ballparks last summer. Uh, but you just hate their jerseys. I, I I do think that people go to minor league baseball games for that gimmicky aspect, and I don't think they go to NBA games or watch NBA games for gimmicks. I think they go they watch the NBA. Uh, for the best product in the entire world. Uh, so Ma- it's a different thing. Maxime, is this gimmicks or is this next level political manipulation? No, I think it it trends more towards gimmick. The word that I actually am thinking in my head is placation, as in placation towards the players. We've heard a lot of you know different players coming out saying, like, I'm not going to participate in this unless I can have a voice. Um, and this feels like the league... Uh, indicating to the players that they want to give them a voice. But look, there's this theory in linguistics called framing. And it's this idea, if I were to say, don't think of an elephant, what are you doing? You're thinking of an elephant. And and what that, what that does is it only further implicates in everybody's mind what their viewpoint already is. So if you look at Black Lives Matter, which already exists, I mean, those words pretty much don't mean anything in and of themselves to anybody in this nation anymore. They're a representation of an idea. So if you're for Black Lives Matter as a movement, you're already for it. If you're anti it, you're already anti. And I think it's only going to further divide people. And there are other opportunities. There are other ways, kind of to Connor's point, um, that we could actually educate people um, that aren't going to happen maybe because now there's this placation there's this element of okay we've been able to express ourselves um but i think it actually sort of defeats the point because it's not going to further any um any actual understanding it's only going to create more divisiveness yeah and i don't think we're going to be starved for like we're not going to be starved for examples to see the movement like they talked about putting black lives matter on the court so if you see it on the court at all times, you know, and, you know, I'm sure the players are considering kneeling, you know, during the national anthem. Like, I think there's going to be plenty of opportunities for the movement to be represented um, throughout the game that you don't necessarily need on the back of a jersey to re- be reminded of it. I'd, I'd use a different word than placate. I would use hedge. The last time we discussed this, we talked about the negative impact a LeBron 50-point triple-double would have on the movement that people would be talking about the stats, would be talking about the highlights, and during that period of time, we would no longer be talking about the social justice. If LeBron had a vote jersey on the back or, you know, vote Biden or Trump or something like that, then while we were watching those highlights, 
even if it was was unintentional, even if it was completely subconscious, we would still be bringing in that political message even as we were watching basketball alone. So I, I, I understand what you guys are saying, and you're, you could absolutely be right, but I, I think that it shortchanges the possible impact it could have. I think that Marcus and Maxine made an interesting point in that it, it does kind of put the players in a little bit of an awkward position because there's almost this peer pressure and this pressure from your employer to have a stance or to say something. And you can't expect every single player participating in this event to be comfortable with that. I mean, you know, I think there's a lot of peer pressure. Like if you don't come out and say something right now, you don't support black people. You don't support black lives matter. And I, I don't think that's a fair stance to take because some people just, you know, given where they come from, given their own experiences, they just don't feel comfortable you know, being public about something like that. And yeah. um, I think in general, I'm not comfortable with uh, an employer or a governmental body or anything like that telling me what I should do um, sure. in, in, in issues of free speech. You know what I mean? Like you, your, your employer should never tell you exactly how you should feel about a subject, right? If there's someone out there who's not comfortable saying Black Lives Matter on the back of their jersey and then they're getting ridiculed publicly for you know, for, for not saying something, I don't think that's fair to that person. I mean, you're talking about the other side of the first amendment, right? I mean, when we, when we right. think about first amendment concerns, it's protecting the right to be able to say what we want, but what you're highlighting is we should also have a right to not speak when we don't want to, you know? Um, right. and, and so, no, I mean, I, I think the, the social pressure is an interesting angle on this. And I also think that we've beaten this horse to death. Let me flip this over to the Warriors, boys. Um, We've got an old segment, new for Marcus and Maxime, an old one for Connor and I. It is called I Know You, and the segment is fairly easy to follow. I mentioned it. Connor's covered the Warriors for multiple years, spent more time with this team, probably, honestly, than anyone who is not directly employed by them. And as a result, he's not only gotten to know the players' game on the court, he knows these guys' personalities, relationships off of it. So what we're going to try to do is tap into that knowledge for this segment. I've come up with a handful of questions. They all center around personality traits, opinions, relationships on the team. Marcus, Maxime, and I will offer up some guesses. And then after we've tried our hand, we'll turn over to, uh, to Connor for his ultimate opinion. But a quick hedge here. These are guesses. They're not truth. This is not a documentary. So, you know, nobody get their panties in a bunch. We are just offering our observations. And here's my first question for you guys. So if we track down these four warriors and we force them to be honest and we ask them, who is your favorite player in the league today? Who would they say? And we'll just go one by one. Let's start with Steph. Marcus. Who do you think? Steph had to name his favorite player in the league, and he had to be honest. Who would it be? Oh, um, I think you would say Clay. Maxine? Yeah, I was thinking Clay as well. I go Giannis. He's too much of a he's, – he's in recruitment mode. I think Clay is the actual guy, but I think he's smart enough to, uh, to direct it towards Antetokounmpo. Connor, what's the, uh, what's the response? I think I think Giannis. Uh, I think that he appreciates their differences, um, and I think he's also a very savvy guy. And 
without getting in trouble for tampering, uh, he would he would do whatever he needed to do to bring Giannis over. So uh, I think it, I think the real answer is Giannis. Um, I think he daydreams about that that potential parent. Let's uh, let's go to the other side of the Splash Brothers. Clay, I'll go first. I feel like he would say that he'd be honest. I feel like he'd say something like, I've never thought about it. You know, like I don't really like have favorite players in the league, but now that I'm thinking about it here, it's probably Steph. Um, and I think he would mean that and that would be his response. Maxime? Yeah, I agree. Um, it probably would be Steph and I think it would be genuine. Just to throw out another one, I just based on Clay's personality type, he might throw something off the wall like Russell Westbrook. <sighs> Or someone you've never heard of. It's like some dude from his like eighth grade high school or junior high team yeah. that he's been following secretly in the YMCA league. He's like, he's got a great step back three. Like you guys don't even know about him. <laughs> MT? Um, I'm going to go with his best friend. I think that he would just say his favorite player in the league is Zaza. Zaza. And that, you know, like he just, he loves Zaza's his game. not in the league anymore. Yeah, it doesn't matter. To Clay, he's still his favorite player. <laughs> That's how close they are. <laughs> Neither is that dude from the eighth grade YMCA team. So, yeah. <laughs> Connor, what's the response? I think he would listen to half your question and say Kobe. Uh, <laughs> and then he'd be like, no, I, I said active NBA player. And he'd be like, oh, uh, I don't know them. Uh, because I, I don't think he thinks about other players in that way. Um, but... Uh, I think he would probably be politically correct and eventually say Steph. Or I could also just see him saying someone totally random, like Joe Harris. And you'd be like, well, what? And you'd be like, dude, his, his stroke is filthy, bro. And then just like walking away. I love that all of these are absolute possibilities. If you asked him that and Clay was like, Michael Phelps, it would not surprise anybody. You know, like he really could come with anything from anywhere. All right, this one might get me angry, but I want its answer. Draymond Green. Maxime, take us first. I know, you're, I know you say that you'd be angry because I'm assuming that you're thinking it's going to be LeBron. It's going to be LeBron. Of course it's going to be LeBron. I, I don't know, man. I mean, I think afterwards he came out, and, and this was after our podcast, so clearly Kevin Durant told Draymond that we talked yeah, about this. Um, yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but then you saw that Draymond came out and said like, yo, the Splash Brothers are legit. You know, I wouldn't want any other teammates. These guys are the best. And I actually do think he believes that. Um, I, but at the end of the day, you know what? Like Draymond respects high IQ and clearly LeBron's got the highest IQ. So yeah, I've talked myself into LeBron. I'm going LeBron too. MG, any question? Um, I, it's probably LeBron, but I just, I think I want to feel like at the, he would say Steph instead of it just because of all the stuff that's gone on. So hopefully he would say Steph, but I think he would probably say LeBron. Connor. Uh, Draymond's the type of guy that says what he believes to be the truth at all times, even if it's not the most politically correct. And so I think he would say LeBron um, because I think he truly believes, and I think most people who follow the game closely and understand the game at a high level believe that LeBron is the best player in the NBA. He just his combination of both offense and defense and his physical tools. I mean, I think that's borderline and arguable at this point. So I think he would say LeBron. 
So this whole, Connor, give me some perspective on the clutch backlash that's been coming out at uh, Draymond recently, right? So there, there's been a couple of instances, first take most recently, and we're kind of talking about it, where he showed up in, in a clutch media shirt or he's talked about LeBron and some Warriors fan, Warriors Twitters, has lost their mind. Um, they're starting to worry that he's got an allegiance to clutch and now that he's sucking up to LeBron. From your perspective, is he any less motivated and aligned with the Warriors now than he was like two years ago? No, I don't think. I don't think it's. I don't think it's an indictment against the Warriors in any way. I think it's just he's excited about his off the court stuff. You know, he signed with Clutch a year ago. I think he was really happy with the contract that Clutch helped him reach with the Warriors. I think he has really enjoyed that partnership with uh, with Paul, and he. Uh, he's enjoyed a lot of off-the-court endeavors with LeBron. And I think, you know, they, they do Uninterrupted together. They do several other projects together. And um, I think the average NBA fan doesn't realize that that stuff matters just as much to a player as the actual teams they're on and the, the relationships they've formed on the team. Sure. Like, I, if, if you're giving Steph truth serum, you know, I know he's had his issues in the past year or so with Under Armour, but – um, on an average day, he probably cares just as much as much about Under Armour as he does about the Warriors, huh. and that's just how it works. Um, and so I think that's where that's coming from. I don't think it's it's really a slight against the Warriors. You know, it's just it's just he's excited about what he has going on away from the court. I mean, it makes sense, um, and it also makes sense in an era of player empowerment. Uh, let me push us in a, a random different direction, but let's keep the truth serum. So this time, Steph gives up the truth serum. He hands it over to his splash brother. Clay hits it. So now he has to tell us the absolute truth. If you came up to Clay and you asked him, Clay, are you a top five player in the NBA right now? What would his answer be? I'll go first. I feel like he would calmly say yes, as if it was hell of obvious. Like, he doesn't even know why you're asking. Of course he is. He's a little upset you didn't ask top three. Yeah, he would. He would. Uh, he would, he definitely thinks he's a top five player in the NBA, and it would be one of those things where he would kind of like be one of those those perturbed facial expressions where he's like, <laughs> you know, like what are you what are you talking about, man? Like, of course I am, and he would, and he believes that. I mean, and he his argument would be, you know, I am one of the best defensive players in the NBA, and I am one of the best offensive players in the NBA. So therefore, I'm a top five player in the NBA. Um, you know, there's been so many times with Clay where he'll unintentionally be incredibly cocky, uh, but it comes from just a really genuine, competent place. Like, you remember when he was going through that shooting uh, rut early in two seasons ago, and uh, he was just casually like, dude, I'm like one of the greatest shooters of all time. I have done things no one's ever done before. Why would I be worried about a shooting club? But it's like, if the average person said that, you'd be like, wow, that guy's kind of an ass. But coming from clay it's like well you're not wrong and you're just such a genuine nice guy that you know it just makes me love you more this fool showed up on an east coast news broadcast to be the foremost authority on scaffolding he's definitely not hurting for confidence on uh, on random opinions um, marcus maxime let's answer this one and then let's turn it to uh to connor to see if he's comfortable asking this actually we'll we'll see whether or not he can give us a response but let's fast forward this into next year because next year's locker room is going to be a real interesting mix. We're going to have the big boys back, uh, you know, Steph, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins will still be there, and then we'll still have all the guys who made it through uh, the end of last year, or at least a majority of them. 
So in this locker room, who is going to be made fun of the most by the other players? And naturally, with the understanding that it's good-natured ribbing, not like bullying and nasty back and forth. Yeah, uh, to, to give you some time to think, here's my guess, and I put some thought into it. I'm thinking it's Alan Smilajic. 19-year-old, he's a psych, didn't grow up here. He probably has some goofy traits, probably doesn't always understand everything that's going on around him. And I can see him getting just housed throughout the year next year while also being loved. You know, it'll all be uh, it'll all be on the up and up, but I think he will be the ass of the jokes. Uh, MT, who you guess? I think Smiley is a great pick, so I'm going to pick somebody different. I think it's whoever they draft as a rookie if they keep that person. I think all the players that they're looking at just to have the personalities that seem like they're right for the picking and that Draymond and Steph and Clay, and especially Draymond and Steph, would have a, a good time like hazing that, that player into the NBA. Even if it's a top guy? Like, let's say it's the number one pick in the league. Do you think that'll make him more likely to be crapped on by everybody or less likely? I think more. I think that that's the way they indoctrinate them into their culture, right? Is that, yeah. you know, everybody's the same. You know, you we make fun of you and just the same way we make fun of Steph. So, you know, like everybody's fair game and that's how it is in the culture, you know, that they've built there. And, um, you know, you have to pay your dues as a rookie. So carry the bags and get this popcorn out of your car. Maxime, what's your guess? The popcorn in the car thing is hella scandalous, by the way. I would be so <laughs> upset by that, dude. It costs so much money to clean. Like, it would just be like unbelievably, and you'd have to pretend like you're cool with it and like laugh, like, oh, that's great. And then I would hate everybody. Uh, Maxime, <laughs> who's your guess? Yeah, again, I'm going to give you some love for the Smiley Geach take. I think that's a really good one. But um, again, just to be different, I'm going to go with Kai Bowman. Uh, and the reason that I was thinking... It's actually in a similar vein to Smiley Geach. You want somebody that has already had some amount of success so that you don't feel that you're just like beating them down so much. Um, so I feel like Jordan Poole would not be a good selection there, but obviously it needs to be one of the younger players. And like Kai Bowman's got through some ridiculous hairstyles, and I remember there was some like on court um, or on the court antics um, during some of the like introductions where he was like doing some sing along stuff that was a little bit goofy. So I can see him sort of um, straddling the line between clearly has some confidence and like might need to be knocked down a peg. If he wasn't under the Godfather Curry's protection, my guess would have been Damian Lee, by the yep. way. Uh, but with that in tow, Connor, what's your guess? Um, I'm going to go with whoever they take with the top five pick, assuming they keep it. Um, I think that uh, there's going to be certain members of the team, namely Draymond Green, who are going to want to put him in his place, you know, in a, in a friendly way, you know, be supportive, but also – remind them, hey, just because you were potentially the number one pick in the draft, you haven't earned anything. You're not yet. You're not, you know, you're not even a Zion Williams caliber prospect. I mean, if, if they end up getting the number one pick and take Anthony Edwards, he might not be very good as a rookie. And I actually could see that really bothering someone like Draymond, who was, uh, you know, drafted in the second round and, and had to pay his dues. And then if he had a guy like, like, Anthony Edwards coming in as a rookie, getting big minutes and being the number one pick. I could see that there being a little bit of resentment and animosity there, even though at the end of the day, ultimately he would want Edwards to do well. Um, so that um, I would go with, I would go with who's ever going to be picked in, in the top five. 
I love the idea of Draymond being resentful of a rookie who's being handed all the things that he wasn't. That actually really speaks to me. Have you guys ever been pranked? Like in, in your life, have oh. you ever been the victim of a of a practical joke? Yeah, and I'm really glad you brought this up because I've been looking for a place to air out some of my discontent oh, I'm with excited. my own behavior. Oh, uh, let's go. In like uh, seventh grade, this dude, Andrew, poured itching powder down my back. Oh. And yo, okay, that sh- sucks. Like, I don't know if you've had to deal with that before. Like, it is legit itchy. Uh, but so like my response at the time, because I was like a weenie little middle schooler was to like go home and tattle. <laughs> but like, I regret that. I wish that I'd stood up to the guy, you know, and at least tried to fight back. Um, because like he wasn't a big kid, you know, he was just another idiot that had itching powder. So anyways, that's a, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been in that situation. I'd like to take this opportunity to say, hey, Andrew, go f*** yourself and your itching powder, and we can only hope that you're listening today. Uh, <laughs> I've been pranked, and I wasn't that fired about my reaction either. Uh, freshman year, I was in UC Santa Cruz. I go and take a shower, come out of the shower, and it's, you know, it's the common shared bathroom, and someone had taken both my towel and my clothes off the uh, shower door, and now I'm stuck in there, naked, no way to go anywhere, and I got to get back to my dorm room. And what I did was scream at the top of my lungs, if I don't have my clothes and my towel back in the next 10 minutes, I'm fighting everybody on this f***ing floor. And I... It, I, I, it sounds way tougher than it is because we all know I can't fight and nobody wanted to fight at UC Santa Cruz, which is the only reason I was willing to sound that tough. Somebody brought back my towel, by the way. I, uh, I didn't have to do the naked walk of shame. Connor, MT, any embarrassing moments in your life? Uh, too many to count, man. Too many to count. I was actually at a, I was at a good friend's uh, parents' house the other day because I'm, I'm back home in Portland. And they reminded me about the time when I was in fifth grade and I was sleeping over at their house and I was the first person to fall asleep and all my friends just brought out a black Sharpie and just threw all over my face. And uh, the sad part in my body and the sad part was like, I didn't really notice until we like went out to breakfast. So I was literally at like a restaurant and I had Sharpie all over my face and the, the waitress looked at me like I was a mess. Attic. It was uh, a <laughs> bad. What well, did I've got to ask the follow up? Even though I'm afraid of the response. What do you mean, and your body? Where the hell else did they write on you? Like my arms, uh, my legs. I don't know how I didn't notice. It was. It was. I must have been really out of it. <laughs> I guess so. MT, anything from you? Yeah, similar to uh, Connor's story. I was eighth grade. I was on a class trip. Um, international trip and with a bunch of students I didn't know and um, fell asleep on the boat and woke up and didn't think anything of it and was hanging out was definitely they put lipstick on me while I was asleep and I didn't notice it Um, I definitely tried to flirt with girls when I was on the boat and you know they were looking at me weird and that was when I knew I was like what's going on Why, why is everybody laughing at me and then I went to the bathroom so luckily I didn't look like a meth addict and went to breakfast like Connor did, but definitely had lipstick on for a little while and, and didn't know to the point that I was still trying to hit on girls. 
Dude, if flirting with girls not going well is the only indication that you've been pranked, I would have felt like I was being pranked my entire life. I can't remember a <laughs> single time I started flirting where I was thinking to myself like, oh, this is going well. It, like, it never has. It never has. But uh, let's get back to the Warriors voice, and let me ask you this. Does Andrew Wiggins have a close friend on this team? And if so, who is it? Uh when Andrew Wiggins was traded from Minnesota, he did not know a single player on the team in any way, really, and which is weird because, you know, usually you have some sort of at least loose connection, like you were, you know, in the same AAU tournaments growing up or what or what have you. But from what I know, there was no connection at all. Uh, the the closest connection he has right now with anyone is Aaron Miles, who's a player development Assistant coach. coach. <laughs> yeah. He went to Kansas, uh, which is the alma mater of, of Andrew Wiggins. And uh, the year that Wiggins spent at Kansas, Aaron Miles was actually in Lawrence working out while he was, you know, between things as an overseas player. So they became, they developed a friendship during that period of time. And um, when Wiggins was traded to the Warriors, uh, Aaron was really the one who reached out to Wiggins and helped him get comfortable. So I didn't really answer your question because he's not a player, but that's the best answer I have for you. Oh, it definitely answers my question. The question there, the answer apparently is no. And it, it gives me some homework for you. You need to play matchmaker, Connor. One of the things, right, if, <laughs> if you actually get to cover this team, if there's games next year, and I'm sure there will be, one of the things we're going to ask you to do is get this dude a close friend on the team, man. We want him to be comfortable. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't care who it is. Maybe Draymond would be a good selection, Clay, but we got to get him into the fabric because I'm hoping he's going to be I here was, long term. I was, I was talking to Ray Ritter the other day, and I was like, Yo, I, I, you know, I was hoping to maybe talk to Wiggins at some point this offseason, and he's like, dude, he's the only person none of us heard from at all. Like, <laughs> no one has heard a single word from him. He's in West Virginia with his girlfriend and just no peep from him at all. So He's sitting he's sitting motionless in a room right now waiting for the season to come back, probably, you know, and then I guess whatever works for him, that's, that's fine. Uh, last question, boys, and I'm interested to hear this answer. Do you guys believe that Steph Curry has any personal goals left that he has not yet reached? I mean, the obvious one is finals MVP, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Do you think that's a goal? Yeah. I mean, like, and, and was it a goal before his career started and he wants to check off that box? Or has it become a goal because NBA's Twitter sphere has made it such a big deal? I, I think that it's something that he will care about once the, he gets to a final, but it's not something he's actively thinking about right now. Um, I think. Do you think I there think are he things like, he's thinking about? Yeah, I think he's thinking about another MVP. I don't think he's satisfied with two MVPs. I don't think he's satisfied with uh, three NBA titles. Um, you know, I think I think he wants more, and I think that's really all he's caring about, as cliche as that sounds. Uh, but you know. At the, end of the, at the end of the career, every player looks at their Wikipedia page and they want to see every box checked. And the only box that is unchecked right now is Finals MVP. Right, right. Or, and I, all I, defensive teams. It's never going to happen, so... Yeah, well, I mean, he can he can put all defensive team next to somehow reaching seven feet tall uh, because neither of those things are in his genetic makeup. Uh, I, I I hope that Finals MVP 
let me put it this way. Unless finals MVP was a goal before he took a single shot in the NBA, I hope it is not on his goal list now because I don't like the idea that a lack of success in a specific area has created a need despite all the success in every other area. You know what I mean? Um, that in mind, Connor, thank you, man. Uh, I, I didn't think we were going to take this much of the time from the vacation, and you know I appreciate it. Uh, we're not going to have you in our lives for a little while, but when you are back from break, where can we find you? Yeah, follow me on Twitter, at con underscore cron. Read all my stuff at sfchronicle.com backslash warriors. And like you said, I am going to be off for a while, so don't, you know, don't don't blame me for not producing any content for a while. I need I needed a little bit of a hiatus, so I'll be back next month. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, all of our go, stuff. Before you go, Connor, one last question. I've seen a lot of talk and articles about who the Warriors might target. Everyone from big men like Marcus Saul and Eric Gordon to you know like um, you know players that are on shorter contracts that they can target with the mid level exception, like to bring him back. Alec Burks and those type of players. Um, is there anything you can share of, of what you're hearing or just what you think might be in the Warriors' plans? I know it's all up in the air with where the draft pick lands and how everything shakes out with big big players like Giannis, but is there anything you can share? Marcus, of like that's a big question to end it on, man. Uh, yeah, It's an entire down. podcast <laughs> segment. It's literally an entire podcast. Connor, hold that response. We're going to do an entire show on that topic alone. Also, what they're going to do with the TPE. Um, so let's consider this a uh, a tease for a future Letourneau appearance, and we'll, we'll make sure that happens soon. All right. Appreciate it. Yeah. Excellent. Um, we appreciate you, man. We'll talk to you real soon. For us, all of our stuff remains the same. You want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Warriors Huddle. If uh, you want to donate more than just your time, which is amazing, incidentally, you can find us up on Patreon. And if you give us even like a dollar a month, and this is not hyperbole, it means the world to us and makes a huge difference. And if you want to give us any feedback, think we did a good job, bad job, any kind of a job, drop a take at warriorshuddle at gmail.com. With that in mind, we're probably going to take next week off but we'll be back in a couple and until then go warriors Good, good.